Welcome back to Coming Up for Air with hosts Dominique Simone Levine, Laurie McDougall, Annie Highwater, and Kayla Solomon. This podcast is produced with love by the Allies and Recovery team in solidarity with our listeners. Come in and sit with us for conversations on the most pertinent topics for families navigating a loved one's addiction. We created this podcast along with the learning modules and discussion blog in support of you. We salute the work you are doing and your dedication to helping your loved one find a way through. And now, coming up for air. Good morning, Kayla and Dominique. How are you this morning? Good. Hi, it's good to see you guys. Well, thank you. Hello. Back on Coming Up for Air. And today we have an incredible topic. It's called Remove Yourself. Just so we can kind of catch everybody up as to what we mean by remove yourself. Kayla and I, and Kayla holds the uh, meetings on Wednesday nights on the Allies and Recovery website. And then I also host the rest meetings. We had a conversation this morning about there's one particular topic that I go over and over and over again, and I'm pretty sure Kayla does this as well, mm-hmm. but I go through the, the module four on the communicate, the communication module and repeatedly will hear from family members about what to do. What should you do when the conversation is going off the rails and your loved one is kind of turning everything in on you and we go over and practice removing yourself from the conversation. And then we move on to a module on boundaries and we talk about boundaries and we end up having the same conversation about what to do when things are getting out of control or you're kind of, you're getting into this heated situation and we practice Get yourself, remove yourself from the situation. You're going to come back. But in that moment, you're going to remove yourself from that situation. And then we move on to modules five and six right after doing boundaries. And module six talks about if there's using behavior or negative behavior, and we go into in depth about this. What are you going to do? You're going to remove immediate rewards, which oftentimes is you. So remove yourself. So I spend months and months and months on getting yourself out of there. And yet still family members will come in and will say they started calling me names or they started, you know, they won't let me hang up or okay, so what did you do? Asking, did you remove yourself? (laughs) And still, it's almost like it doesn't, in the moment, it doesn't, they're so in their head still with the chaos that it's difficult to recognize that this is the moment to remove yourself. Yeah, and it's so interesting listening to you because it just made me realize that this is a concept. So we need to think, really start with why this concept makes sense. And what we're working on is a reinforcement model. 
I'm going to use a terrible analogy, but it makes total sense. I actually took my dog to an obedience class years ago, and they tell me, leave your dog at home because we're training you, not your dog. So what happened was I left my dog at home and they had the people working with each other to try to get a behavior to happen. And the way that it worked is we were given a piece of paper that said, okay, have the person hop on one leg and wave to you, but you're not allowed to use any words. You just have to figure out how you're going to get that person to do it. And we're using clickers. So if the person did anything, we would click. And what was fascinating about this, it changed my mind unbelievably because what would happen is anytime they did anything that remotely look like the behavior that we wanted, we would reinforce it. So we would move in, give a reinforcement. And what would happen was we would ignore anything that we did not want. That's what remove yourself means. It doesn't mean even that you're leaving the room, although that does help. It means that you are not engaging. And what happens is the lack of engagement actually is a negative reinforcement. So that's how we need to think about this. We need to step away because stepping in in any way is actually a positive reinforcement. Because even if you're arguing with somebody, some people like that. Even if you're like yelling at somebody, people, some people feel like, oh, you care about me. You step away. I just want to make it clear that what you're saying is engaging is negative reinforcement. No, it's the opposite. It's actually positive reinforcement for negative behavior. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I often try and think about it in terms of children. When you're raising young children, doctors will tell you. If you pay attention to that negative behavior, like let's say they're throwing a temper tantrum, when you give it attention, the child then learns, I get attention with my negative behavior. Exactly. Even if you're engaging in a negative way, not chastising the child or, or saying, arguing back or putting them down, even when you're doing that, it's actually, it's like the child wants attention and it doesn't matter if that attention is negative or positive. I actually think of it as a hook, the connection piece of craft. Okay. So people are looking for connection. That's a basic fundamental need for all of us is to connect. And connecting looks like lots of things for lots of different people. Like I remember when I was an adolescent, I was terrible to my mother. I would call her stupid and be mean to her. And meanwhile, I loved her passionately, but she drove me insane. And she would move towards me all the time. Her thing was move in, move in, move in, which I think is a Jewish mother thing. I'm not sure. But she would move in and that just irked me beyond belief. And so I would ratchet up my negativity and she would move in and say, oh, how could you talk to me this way? And you, you don't talk to your friends this way, which would ramp me up and I would do even more. What happens is that I realized with my kid, because she started doing the same thing, because it's apparently a biological, developmental, appropriate thing to do. When she started doing that to me, I was like, okay, you're not going to be like your mother. You're not going to be like your mother. And what I would do is I would just not listen to her. She would say it and I would back up and I would back up and leave the room or whatever. And I didn't say, you can't talk to me that way because I knew the result of that. And what would happen was then she would go off, have her moment and think about it. And then she'd come back and talk to me. 
in a different way because she knew she wasn't going to get what she wanted if she talked to me in that way. So I feel like what all of this is about is retraining people because that's what all this um, reinforcement, positive and negative is, is that you're retraining people to engage with you in a way that you're okay with. And if you accept the unacceptable, which by the way, I think is our next topic in the group, then that becomes the norm. It's like, if you, if you let people just be mean to you and engage in whatever, that becomes the norm. So if you step back, they then have to reconfigure and think about, wait a second, how do I talk to this person and what will they, what's an acceptable way to do it? And they're going to ramp it up though. Oh yeah. If you've been doing this for years and years and years and you lack understanding of, of the pattern, I think this is more in the norm for families. Same with me, Kayla, all three of my kids, it's definitely some biological thing when they turn teenagers and they would do that, right? They would try and blame me or tell me how crazy I was and I would just ignore it and just kind of walk away. But I think that when it becomes the norm and now we're adding in an illness like substance use disorder, as well as some forms of like mental illness, everybody establishes this pattern. The family member doesn't understand why it's like on steroids it's kind of like the teenage years on steroids and the the words that might come out of the loved one's mouth or the actions are so button pushing. And, and I want to say deeper than button pushing. It's more like taking a knife and stabbing my heart and having to have to sit with that pain for a little bit and and just continually tell yourself this is not personal. This is not personal. This is not personal, I think, is incredibly difficult. But if you can see that it's a pattern and you can go off and take care of yourself in the moment and your own feelings and wait and see what the results are. And you do it over and over again. And I've found that three times is all I needed to do something. Three times. The first time, typically my uh, my son would ramp it up, make it worse, right? It would get really intense. And the, and the majority of the time, I'm sure, was because in his mind, and I don't think he thinks this way, but he must have been like, woohoo, I'm really uncomfortable. How come you're not doing what we normally do? And so he freaks out and he, and he ramps it up and he makes it just the most miserable time for me. But I found if I did it three times, I would start to see it dwindle. I would start to see it kind of deflate. And he did a lot of what you said, Kayla. He would walk away and then come back later. Differently. In a yeah. different space. And and I, I think what's essential here is that I think that people don't value not doing things. And I think that that's what makes this really hard is that it's the same thing with listening. Listening feels like you're not doing anything. The reflective listening and the, the active listening that we're talking about, a lot of people interpret as they're not doing anything because they're not fixing it or not problem solving. But I find that the most important thing about changing a behavior is you have to value this new behavior. You have to see it as an action. So not doing is an actual action. 
It actually is a something. And that's essentially it. So reflective listening versus problem solving is an action. Walking away and removing yourself is a massive action. Okay, it's the same way that in the 60s and 70s, the passive resistance when people lay down and they don't do anything. That's an action. That's one of the most powerful things that you could do is not doing something, right. especially since you're somebody who has a loved one that's either has a mental illness or is using drugs. You're used to fixing and doing and problem solving and talking things and researching and finding out things. So to not do something is a major shift for you. And so it's not about the other person. This is about your training yourself to be different in order to allow the other person the space for them to be different. And if you keep doing the same thing, you can't change it. I have this really good example. I'm working with this couple where the woman is very controlling and she is concerned and she's trying to make everything okay. And the man feels completely infantilized. He feels like she doesn't trust him. So what he does in response to her over control, he's furious and he's trying not to be furious. So he locks himself away and he doesn't engage, which ramps her up a thousand times because then she's feeling like, oh my God, oh my God. Now she just got sick. So she's really exhausted and all she could do is go to work and come home and sleep. Well, guess what? Their whole relationship has changed because she <laughs> cannot control anything. She's just trying to survive right now. So he's cleaning and taking care of her and working and putting his money away. And what's fascinating is she's shocked. She's shocked because what happened? How come he's changed? He's changed because she's not, she's backing up. She's removing herself unintentionally, but it's working. Right. But you're also hitting on a point because I think there's a couple of things at play here and you're hitting on a point, the person. So the family member, not the loved one with substance use disorder. Oftentimes I hear from them that they don't believe their loved one is actually capable of doing it. And when they first go through the first couple of times of trying to implement this, where you're removing yourself, or, you know, not engaging in the conversation or whatever it is that when the loved one does ramp it up, it's almost proof. See, it doesn't work. Exactly. Right. And it's like, no, no, you've got to give it more time. You can't try it once. You can't even try it three times and think that you're combating probably at least 20 years of an established pattern. It's not going to take, you know, just a couple of tries to get it to change things. And it is changing things, yes, right? It's slowly. actually evidence that it's changing things immediately. But Lori, listen to the irony of this. We're asking the loved one to get treatment and to work on their mental health issues and to work on their substance use issues. And so here, put yourself in the same expectation, which is we're asking you to change your behavior in this case by removing yourself and look how hard that is. Okay. So you want them to stop doing what they're doing or start doing this positive thing. And we're asking you to do this removing thing. And I don't know why you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's so hard to change. You know what? That's the definition of insanity, insanity, right? Yes. So if you want somebody to change, model it. 
And if and if you can't stop doing things, stop doing things and see what happens. And, you know, I often say this, Kayla, I kind of give this visual. We're asking our loved ones to stand in front of a rocky mountain with all these rocks and jagged edges and they've got on their climbing shoes. And then what we're saying is, hey, I want you to climb that mountain. I want you to do it in 30 days. And I want you to take off your climbing shoes and do it in your bare feet. And you have to do it perfectly. (laughs) And you have to do it in 30 days. Oh, and you want me to go and try and do this too? Oh, no, 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 no. See, I don't have to get over that mountain. And (laughs) And I'm like, no, we do. We have to stand next to them and we have to climb that mountain too. And in fact, maybe we have to climb the mountain ahead of them so that we can say, okay, here's modeling. I'm going to put my foot over here and I'm going to put my hands over here. Right. And I'm going to learn some new skills on how to get up this mountain as best I can. And I totally agree with you that here we are asking them to do all of this mega work, but we're not willing a lot of the time to also put that work in. Otherwise known as when people walk into my office, because I am a a relationship therapist, and people literally walk in with the hope and expectation that if only this person would change, then our relationship would be better. And so that's the same model that we're working here. People are walking. If my loved one would stop doing this and start getting treatment and start taking care of themselves, I could, my system would calm down. I would be happy. I would be able to let go of all of this. My life will be better. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not, that would be great, by the way. I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a great thing. That would be magnificent. If this person changed and was healthy and growing and taking care of themselves and not hurting themselves, great. I like the model too. That's just not how life works. The way life works is we have control over one person in the entire world, which is ourselves. And so what craft is about is, okay, so we're asking you to slow life down a little bit and look at what you can do. And what you can do is work on yourself. I have two points to make. One is the original idea that Kayla had to try without words to get somebody to raise a leg and an arm. And you had to reward the incremental moves towards the entire behavior, right? So it's called shaping behavior. So he didn't get the trash out Wednesday. He got it out Thursday. It was late, but you really want to point out that he got it out and thank him for that part and work again to, you know, hopefully get him back to Wednesdays. None of this is simple, what what you two have been talking about. That was a very simple example, but it's really important to pay attention to the steps of getting to the change that final change and make sure that they're realistic changes in the beginning, right? You're just trying to see if you can lovingly and gently with rewards, move them towards more what you're looking for and take all that away when they're doing the opposite. And that's my second point. When you said remove yourself, I was all about, okay, you got the back door, it's open, the the bedroom locks and I went immediately to safety, which is the other half of remove yourself. Okay, you may stop what you're saying. You may stop what you're doing. And that's a huge accomplishment right there. 
no doubt about it, but you've also got to get out of there. And oftentimes you've already ramped up your loved one. So whatever you were trying to get away from is now going to be worse before you can leave the room. And so you really need to hang on to yourself as you probably get followed out of that room and talked to. And, you know, you know where you're headed. You're, you're going to go out for a little bit. So you're going to get in your car and let give him the time to calm down or give her the time to calm down. You need a plan. And so we also have module two, which talks about even when there is only verbal abuse, which is really the only time you want to be making these behavioral adjustments to yourself or to anyone else, right, is when you're not at risk of physical violence. So we state that at the beginning in Allies in Recovery. If you are in danger or someone else is in danger, you cannot do the work of craft. You can do the work of craft if you're used to being verbally abused and it doesn't go further than that. You, you know its limits, you know, because people with addictions can be awful. And so, you know, you've experienced that and you know where it goes, but you really need to prepare yourself for where you're how you're going to remove yourself and where you're going to go. So just at least look at module two and the safety plan if you decide to come onto our site and learn this material, because it's, it's half the battle when they're ramped up. Yep. Safety first. And I love the, I love your point too, Dominique, that in the incremental pieces, those little baby steps are, are so important. And Kayla had talked about also about you're going to get in there and reinforce the positive behavior, right? You're going to get in there and you're going to recognize, because I think that's another piece that family members miss that this is working in tandem at the same time. You're removing yourself. It doesn't mean you're not going to come back. You are going to come back. At some point you're going to come back and you're going to re-engage, but you're also at the same time, you're positively reinforcing that positive behavior. Even when you're not doing something, and I put that in quotes, you are doing something and you are changing something up. I think we've said this many times on this podcast, but I have my positivity detective role, which is that I think that we're all oriented towards the negative, especially with trauma, especially when you've been in this crisis for so long, especially when you're absolutely terrified that somebody's going to get hurt. It feels like you need to move in and do something drastic to take care of them and save them. And the opposite is actually much more effective, which is that if you step back and you're noticing what's good and you're witnessing the good and you're pointing out what's good, then that's what we're talking about, the positive reinforcement. And like, for example, somebody was saying in the group today that he lives with his son and his son was really late to work and stomping around the house. And, you know, he was going to say something and get involved and help the guy get out or whatever. And then at the end of the day, his son made it to work. And when he said, Hey, how was your day? He said, fine. It was great or whatever. And that's the part that you reinforce because the world is moving forward and you're, you're walking around, believing that everything is tragic and crisis oriented and you're noticing all of the things that are not going the way that you think they should be going, by the way. And there's a lot of ways to live a life. And so you're, it's not your job to determine how this person's going to live their life. It's more about you noticing and acknowledging what they're doing that's going well. Even if it's not fabulous, 
the small things matter. So if your kid takes the trash out two days later, then they, hey, thanks for taking the trash out. That's it. It's not, oh, you waited three days. And believe me, this one is a really hard one for me because I'll take the trash out and leave it there so that my daughter notices it. And apparently she has a different visual cortex than I do because it's invisible to her. And then one day it's gone. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) thank you for taking out the trash. But she has different values than I do. So, okay, my job is to acknowledge when it happens in the hopes that that actually encourages her to do it again. And that's the point is that the hope is that if you acknowledge the good, it will happen again. The hope is or the behavioral belief is, is that what you notice gets bigger. So if you notice what's not happening, if you notice the negative, First of all, we know what happens in your head and in your your central nervous system, which is that you're jacked up and that actually becomes all that you could see. So by stepping back and removing yourself, you allow your system to calm down because you're not just going to remove yourself and then go into the negative story and ramp yourself up. You're going to remove yourself for the purpose of calming yourself down doing self-care, taking care of your needs, focusing on you. And then when you have another interaction with the person, you're more regulated. And so with with self-regulation, you have a better shot at responding well, as opposed to you having dysregulation in response to the other person's dysregulation. Nothing good comes with that. It's the it's the worst aspects of all of ourselves by dysregulation is is actually what causes more harm. And we're looking at the other person being dysregulated, but we need to look at our own dysregulation because that we have control of. Well, this was a great discussion <laughs> again, and I'm hoping, uh, Kayla, you can just kind of wrap it up for us. I will wrap it up. So so today the topic is about removing yourself. And the idea is that removing yourself is actually a massively positive and strong technique to change the dynamic. And by removing yourself, you actually give yourself a chance to regulate your own needs and system. And it also takes away the reinforcement of engaging with somebody who is ramping up or doing something that you don't like. So it goes into the reinforcement piece of it and it gives you an opportunity to actually self-soothe so that you can then shift your perspective and shift your interaction. And again, this is about you changing your part of the dynamic. So removing yourself is an action. It's an activity that you get to do. It's a tool that you have to change what's happening at the moment and in the, in the long term. Fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you, both. Thank you, Dominique. And uh, to all our listeners, if you get a chance, go to the website, www.alliesandrecovery.net. And if you're not a member, join. Join. <laughs> Give us a five-star rating. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or a guest for the show, 
please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesinrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, and our production team.